Surrender. This property now under Jadun jurisdiction. Welcome everybody to episode 142 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben. And David. And tonight we are discussing Fugitive of the Jadoon. Po, plo, po, ko, po, to. Yes. And all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I was totally expecting like a kind of sub Sarah Jane Adventures Jadoon run around the streets of Gloucester yeah. um, with some amusing, you know, Jadoonery. Mm-hmm. But then halfway through, well, it all kind of kicked off, basically. Yeah, it was quite quite the reveal or quite the game changer. I think this is the ultimate in retconning we have going on here. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, I think this is so much stuff for like one episode that I'm going to have to hope or assume that they're going to have to spend the rest of the season kind of working on this because we had just revelation after revelation. Mm Mm-hmm. Shall we yeah. start with the minor revelation that Jack Harkness is back? Uh, yeah, because ordinarily that would be like the, whoa, kind, of season, right. the kind of, whoa, <laughs> season revelation. Yeah, Jack Harkness is back. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a TARDIS season? No, it was a stolen spaceship. Huh. Yeah, it definitely was a spaceship. They had yeah, definitely a, spaceship. exterior okay. shots being uh, That's true. of it That's being true. shot being up s- by, uh, by lasers. Person. And yeah, it didn't have any TARDIS vibe at all. It looked like it was... Uh, a, Just a regular spaceship. A hot, hot spaceships. Who who was he being shot at though? Whoever he stole it from, I think. I guess. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. And I guess ultimately attacked by nanobots. So with uh, yeah. with Jack's uh, immortality, I assume he will be okay. And I'm sure he'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did feel that he kind of dropped in to the episode to like deliver a message. And then kind of dropped out of the episode to stop delivering his message. That was very face of bow of him now, isn't it? That's true. (laughs) He is maybe living up to his future kind. Mm -hmm. Maybe the the nanobots change him into the face of bow. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, he's gonna have to be back at some point. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. In the rest of the, yeah. in the, in the, in subsequent episodes, I'm sure. I mean, the, mm-hmm. where does he live? Does he still live? Where does he live? Is he live? Living? I think he's in the UK somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't. I, I really don't know. It, I, I wonder though, with, with the way that that scene was filmed, if he was actually on the same set with anyone other than Graham and everyone else's kind of filled in extra afterwards with the with, yeah with uh, with ryan and yeah was... yeah who knows yeah i mean do you think it's gonna become a running joke that people mistake graham for the doctor on with every yeah. every week yeah yeah it's one of those things yeah um yeah so it's nice to see him back um was the was the scenes in gloucester uh, what you feared or better than you hoped or yeah it was fine uh you know i mean gloucester's a very pleasant. It looked really nice, actually. <laughs> slightly run-down town. Mm, okay. Um, it sort of does have a lagoon, so that was funny. Um, it's it's a, it's an inland. It's an inla- one. It's an old-style inland port. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of canals, and there's a kind of a basin um, where the ships used to tie up. Even though it's kind of quite far inland. So a lighthouse made sense then for being near Gloucester. No, that lighthouse is actually about an hour and a half's drive. Oh, well, okay. probably more than that if you're in if you're in Ruth's Beetle. Um, <laughs> it's down the coast on it's the West Usk lighthouse so it's down the coast on the uh, the kind of west side of newport hmm. um which is where the usk joins the river usk joins the bristol channel okay um so not very yeah so it had like, the same well, sort of magical geography that we had last week in new york yeah yeah i mean you know i don't know i mean i guess there wasn't a night so maybe they got there and i guess they were there in the morning because mm-hmm. she was getting her coffee mm-hmm. so you know lunchtime it's conceivable that by the kind of late afternoon they would have been able to get down to uh i guess they would have to go through newport though so i don't know anyway yes possible <laughs> though if you if you if you poke around online mm. that lighthouse it's a bed and breakfast okay and it has um since about 2007 or so, it's a bed and breakfast that's been Doctor Who themed. 
Hmm. Yeah, they have a hot tub on the roof, and the, the changing room <laughs> for the hot tub is a is a TARDIS. Okay. And then they have a Dalek in in the kind of main um, main dining room. Um, if you again, if you read on the website, they say that it's a genuine BBC TV Dalek Ooh. that was given to the owners by some like some TV producer from the BBC. Hmm. Just take one look at it. It's no way is that a genuine Dalek of <laughs> any kind. It's some kind of fan-made crap. But still, it's a Dalek nonetheless. Apparently, it's signed by John Pertwee. I don't know when that happened. Huh. So, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm hoping that... Because I'm quite interested in the history of Dalek props. Um, I'm hoping that this might spur some of the kind of, you know, more investigative people online. Uh, Gav and his crew. And 63 um, and 88, exactly, yeah. Exactly, to find out exactly where this mysterious Dalek has come from. Anyway, so that's some trivia about the lighthouse. I imagine that they're going to start doing brisk business in Who fans coming to pay pilgrimage to the lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, I'm wondering whether, you know, Chib or one of his friends or whoever, you know, might have stayed there at some point and like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this will make a good location. A silent and partner. <laughs> and they're Who friendly as well. So, yeah, you know. They're a silent yeah. partner. They tend to make big bucks off this. Uh... <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. We are the location of. The mysterious new doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, Gloucester was great. I, I, it's, it was interesting, actually, because at the beginning, so they make quite a strong point of, um, well, at the very least, giving the um, coffee shop owner a, like a proper Gloucestershire accent. All ears, Alan. <laughs> exactly. And they made no attempt at all to give, um, gosh, who was, who was Dr. Ruth's assistant? What's he called? Lee. Lee Clayton. Lee. Lee Clayton, and she at one point she says, well, Lee, you're from Stroud. Well, like, no way is he from Stroud, because he doesn't have a Stroud accent. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you discover, he's, of course, he's not from Stroud at all, even though she thinks he's from Stroud, because he's actually her assistant. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so so I, I, was, I was prepared to, like, uh, rant on about how, how they weren't being consistent about Gloucestershire accents, so it's a very distinctive accent, but there was a reason for that, I think. So what is distinctive of the Gloucester accent for someone who wouldn't really know? Well, I mean, just listen to the coffee shop guy. Okay. And then listen to everybody else. And that's the difference. I, I mean, basically. I I, it sounds all English to me. I couldn't uh, pick I, on I, the subtleties I, for at all. Less. I know it does. So, I mean, basically, <laughs> I mean, the shorthand is, uh, well, I, I mean, you can recognize Jody's accent as being Northern, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So a kind of West Country accent is kind of West Country, and it is the nearest. Uh, so this is here another piece of trivia. So you know when people talk like a pirate, they go, "Ooh, arr, Yeah. I be I be a pirate. Yeah. Um, that's basically a West Country accent. Okay, and that's Gloucester. Because Gloucester. Because that's where all the pirates came from. Pirates all came from Devon. Yeah. Um, and Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Americans understand as being a pirate accent of course you know it's a stupid cliche and it's really offensive to people who actually live in the west country but what you you all recognize as being a kind of a pirate style accent is a west country accent it's not quite as strong in kind of gloucestershire but um that's the difference ah. yeah so they it's talk a like a pirate. city of pirates a city well i think you'd have to go further down into devon to get actual cities <laughs> i think probably somewhere like dartmouth or plymouth would be a right. city of pirates okay um, but Gloucester is the city of, well, it's a city of famous serial killers. That's where Fred, okay. and, um, Fred, um, Fred and Rosemary West had mm. their house on Cromwell Street, mm. um, where they slaughtered any number of young women. Yeah, well. That's Gloucester. They will live in infamy. Um, Harry Potter was filled in the cathedral, and my mum works in the cathedral library. Really? Yeah, I did. Wow, so that's your area, or? Oh yeah, no, but so my 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 mother and my sister and her family live in Sirencester, which is about half an hour, forty five minutes from Gloucester. So would that be your uh, natural accent, or are you, are, I mean, you speak? Oh, more... my natural accent? No, no, because they all moved there from Hampshire. Oh, okay. Where, where, where I was born. So okay, I'm from, I, I see. I'm, I see. I'm sorry, Hampshire border. I'm received pronunciation. I haven't got an accent yeah. at all. RP, you're you're, you're the yeah, correct I'm English, RP. right? Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 just gen. I'm just kind of generic posh. Educated gener- posh English. <laughs> generic posh voice. Yes, that's me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. There you go. The voice of Metabulous Two. The voice of, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. The BBC English yes. is the Metabolist too. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. So Gloucester, yeah, it was. I, mean, I think, I mean, obviously it rained at some point. Um, so I, I was noticing that. 
hmm. um, that some of the earlier shots, it was looking very dry and sunny in Gloucester. And then when they were hanging around outside Ruth and Lee's flat, trying to zap them with their special Jadoon zapper, mm-hmm. um, it obviously rained a bit. But that's fine. Um, it, you know, I think it, it would happen that close to the sea. Yeah, that's true. It's it's not that close to the sea. It's just it, there's a extensive canal network that takes you from the Bristol Channel into into Gloucester. Hmm. Okay. One thing I was a bit disappointed about the Jadoon is that I I I guess to me the Jadoon have been more policemen than mercenaries. But I now I maybe this is a different time in their history. But now they appear to be kind of galactic mercenaries instead of regular policemen. They kind of struck me as rent-a-cops. Yeah, kind of mal-cops sort of thing, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, because, because I mean, you know, obviously the best mercenaries in the galaxy um, have, have, have got to be the Ogrons. <laughs> so I think they missed a chance there, certainly with the Master skulking around to introduce mm-hmm. the Ogrons. Mm-hmm. But I think they'd probably be too stupid to, like, sniff out a new Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I, so it does sort of make sense mm-hmm. that the, the, the Jadoon were present. The thing interesting, I think, for Gloucester, I think it's a convenient city for them to film in. It's just a stone's throw away from Cardiff, too, isn't it? It's not that. I mean, depending on the traffic, Mm -hmm. it'll take you an hour to get from at least an hour, probably an hour and a half to get from Cardiff. Yeah. Well, it's certainly more convenient than what uh, uh, Sheffield Sheffield or or London. Yeah. (laughs) Newcastle or (laughs) Newcastle. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah. 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 It's, it's more, it's, 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 I mean, Bristol would be more convenient and they have a cathedral in Bristol as well. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't film in Bristol. Well, isn't that where the, I guess they'd already, already done Bristol. With Capaldi with the, and the University of Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to go to Gloucester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually a little bit surprised they didn't use the opportunity to film in the Harry Potter, the Harry Potter cloisters, uh, which are very attractive, but they made a great use of the cathedral interior. That was nice. Yeah. And I think it's good to know that, that Harry Potter and Doctor Who do not share the same universe. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's always re- re- refreshing. Yeah, because I hate mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So <laughs> I'd be upset mm-hmm. if Harry Potter and, and the Doctor were, were, were shared the same universe. So this is Nita Manzur's second outing as director she had directed last week with Nick Tesla's story. How, how do you think she did this week? I think she's doing really well. Yeah, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more impressed than I was with the Orphan 55 director, whoever that was. Mm-hmm. I think she's got, I, yeah, some great, good action, good slow scenes. Um, she had a lot to pack in, obviously, and she did an excellent job, I think. How about you? I agree. I think she really uh, paced it well, and the beats yeah. felt correct for the drama that was going on. And there is a little, there is a little bit of slide of hands, and I think you could have tipped things really easily early on, and with through through the scripting and the direction, uh, the hints were there, but then they're they're only there, they're only visible on repeat viewing if you see it a second time. Yeah, like, I think on all ears, Allen's dossier. Uh, the picture of Lee looks like he's on the police box phone in front of a call box, for oh, example. Oh, really? Oh, that's a yeah. good point. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but that's that kind of looked like it to me. You could have that question, or just with the directorial shot of Ruth looking at her watch, kind of a hearkening back to human nature. Yeah, and she was also, she, it was also pointed out to me on Twitter that she was looking into an hexagonal mirror, mm. um, <laughs> such as the ye old style TARDIS Roundel. And also that the windows of their of their apartment, which I think seem to be down by the docks in Gloucester, had sort of TARDIS style windows. Oh, yeah, kind of mullioned windows, which would be quite unusual for that kind of building. But it would certainly feel like home if you were a time traveler, especially a TARDIS traveling. It was a, a police box traveling, mm-hmm. um, uh, a time traveler of some yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah. So the big reveal. Yeah. Another regeneration of the doctor, Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth. Yeah, I thought she looked so. Joe Martin looked absolutely amazing as the doctor. I was like, wow. And it kind of crystallized for me, like, one of the slight niggles that I have with Jodie is that, um, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, it's a female doctor, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they went for, I mean, I guess she's northern, which is a little bit diverse. Um, but, you know, they went for a slim, young, white, blonde mm-hmm. woman, which is about as inoffensive 
and I'm using offensive in inverted commas. Um, it's plenty uh, offensive uh, to that uh, segment of fandom. So <laughs> exactly um, as possible. But you know, to have to have Joe like that amazing shirt that she had and that great suit, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, she she is an amazing doctor, and I would be upset, and I am preparing myself to be upset um, when we discover that what she really is, whatever that is, because I'm pretty sure she's not an established. Uh, we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be inserting her into our kind of doctor mm. one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven yeah, twelve well moffat destroyed the counting that's why i refer to all the doctors or try to refer the doctors by their actor name rather than by their number because the number just doesn't work anymore not with not with john hurt dumped no, in there no, no certainly um so yeah i just think she looked amazing mm -hmm. and uh, just re you know the she was able to toggle um, you know, which is that, you know, the trick that um, Derek Jacobi pulled off, you know, from a, and actually Tennant too, you know, from the, the non-doctor, the, right. the chameleon arch um, concealed personality to like a doctor personality really, really mm -hmm. well. And, you know, kind of secret messages and stuff. It's, right. I, I, I was, I found, I, I was very excited. I thought this, this is great. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope that they give themselves the time over the rest of the season to resolve all this and they don't kind of try and race through mm -hmm. it in... I, I, well, they have old... five episodes left, so this... Yeah, and this isn't a two-parter. Right. So, you know, they're not trying to kind of wrap it up next mm -hmm. week. Um, but yeah, I, th I thought she's fantastic. I thought she was fantastic. Um, how about you? This was the first indication to me that Chibnall has a larger story to tell. Oh, at last. It, it, it seems to me like we wasted a lot of time last year getting into this. And maybe, maybe he felt he had to establish the Whitaker Doctor all in her own right. Right. And uh, really, I think she was let down by the caliber of stories, more or less, from uh, Series 11. Here... Aside from the Duff story of Orphan 55, we've had some really good television, four out of five episodes in series 12. So it, to me, indicates that Chibnall might have uh, uh, gotten his bearings of what he wants to do. And uh, I, more on that later, I'll speculate, what my, give my thoughts on it. But um, okay. go, going back to... Uh, uh, Joe Martin as the doctor or Dr. Ruth, I think as fandom is <laughs> kind of calling her. Um, Why not? I thought the costuming was interesting, especially when you compare it to Commander Gat's costume is very similar vibe as if they were uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, we may as well get into it. I mean, my, so I think it's unlikely that this is an incarnation of the doctor that predates Hartnell. Hmm. I also think it's, impossible that it's an incarnation of the doctor that is some way inserted into our current doctor chronology mm -hmm. i mean the reason why i don't think it predates hartnell is because of the the police box thing i mean i think it's pretty clear but um, in the language of the show if you were to indicate that this is the doctor and the tardis that's what you would do i mean the bbc has trademarked they took it away from the metropolitan police the trademark uh, this is in, using the modern language of the show. The doctor has a TARDIS, and the TARDIS is in a police box. So yeah, that's that's true. But again, I mean, I think of the classic doctors. We've only really got two established classic doctors that a modern audience are really going to respond to. Mm -hmm. The first of which is Tom Baker, because mm. that's you know Doctor Who, right? Um, but the, the, and the only other one that's really established in the kind of modern mind is William Hartnell, mm -hmm. and I think. Given that Clara has, you know, a TARDIS that's mm. taken the shape of a diner right. um, and flies through space, um, that we we already know that the Master's TARDIS um, looks like, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the house from um, Wizard of Oz. Um, <laughs> that I actually think there's enough there to have. There could have been an extra an extra reveal is that when. Uh, Jody is digging up the unmarked grave and actually comes up with the TARDIS instead. Mm -hmm. She could have come up with something else like really unusual, and then we could have seen that that's actually a Doctor's TARDIS. So I'm I I, I can see where you're going with your argument. Mm -hmm. I'm putting my money on Doctor Ruth being some kind of alternate universe Doctor. I think that's a good good theory. Uh, I think. 
perhaps, uh, well, it has a lot of uh, uh, credence, I think, with the with the Spyfall Part One, where they're saying that there's yep. different different uh, time sequences where the Earth was divided in like six or ten different uh, time streams, and then the right. Kasavan dimension where the Master has been abducted to or confiscated right. to, it's another dimension outside of where uh, the earth is currently uh, another possibility and this might be uh feeding on to the i think perhaps chibnall's larger agenda of retconning is that this is indeed predating hartnell and just right. as the war doctor was forgotten or chosen not to be remembered right. or not to be considered the doctor perhaps there was this traumatic incident uh of uh, this revelation of the timeless child or uh, what actually gallifrey was and you have commander gat and you have the doctor working for commander gat and you have this kind of militaristic uh, secret uh, military order it seems like it's almost like with the with the prisoner of number six he you know he doesn't want to work for them anymore but you can't stop working for them uh, right, right, that type of vibe to me. So, a theory. You know, uh, I've had all of what two hours, three hours to think of this. A theory is right. that this is all early history, and this is the Doctor going under deep cover, uh, escaping, uh, and posing as you know twelve generations of a male Doctor to hide from the Gallifreyans. Now, where all this goes to pot is there's been no mention of it in the war games, no mention of it in Deadly Assassin, etc. So it does, I think, give credence to parallel Doctor, parallel universe Master, uh, parallel universe Gallifrey, but then... Uh, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think both options give the show a lot of explaining to do, mm-hmm. um, which they're going to have to be really good at mm-hmm. for it not to sound like nonsense. Um, for it, <laughs> for, for it, well, it's always going to sound like nonsense, I guess. That they're going to have to be good at so that it, mm-hmm. that it satisfies satisfies you and me right. at the same time as also be, be being explicable to you know people who are just watching the show because they want to watch something on Sunday night. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think, yeah, I mean, I can see, can see where you're going with that. And I, I do like the idea of, you know, the doctor having been involved in or having to hide from something so horrendous mm-hmm. that they conceal themselves on, on earth. And as you said, you know, then give themselves male incarnations. In fact, male incarnations um, that are, that are certainly at the beginning are kind of not um uh don't even remember that they were time lords right um right you see what i mean mm-hmm. i guess as you said it does sort of start to fall apart in the war in the war games right. but then maybe those are time lords from before or f- afterwards mm-hmm. but then again the explanation then starts to be so kind of fanny that right. you wonder whether you know your sunday after sunday evening audience is just going to go what the hell is all this crap and turn the tv off so who knows who knows we'll find out Mm -hmm. it's exciting well i think that's what gives your idea a lot of credence too because it does it it's a a very straightforward explanation that uh, and you know we've had parallel universes we've had with uh uh rise of uh age of steel rise of the cybermen earlier than that we had infernal we've we've have this established that the doctor can jump sideways in time right and so this could be uh, a bleeding over of uh, the parallel universes. We that was one of the questions when we went to uh, parallel Earth with the Cybus Cybermen. Where where's where's the Doctor in that? Well, maybe this is the Doctor from that. Yeah, uh, that universe. Well, I mean, we do have. I mean, let's, if we just rewind quickly back to you know Captain Jack's mysterious meth- message, we do have a Cyberman of some kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, good point. Turning up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although when he kept saying the lone Cyberman, I kept thinking of the lone, lone ranger, ranger and hi yeah. ho silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Chibnall's not got a good form with Cybermen, as I think we've mentioned before. So, um, <laughs> oh, he has lovely, sexy, sexy form in Cyber. Sexy, sexy Cyber ladies. <laughs> I mean, when you say lone Cybermen, actually, I also think of Croton, the um, oh, the kind of yeah. the kind of lone Cyberman from the the Doctor Who magazine um, comic strips, who's kind of mm-hmm. this awesome kind of you know Ronin. Um, ninja figure right, um, right. 
So, uh, yeah. It's handles. It's, it's, handles. it's an it's, earlier incarnation of handles. It's like a hopping, like just handles head hopping along. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't. It didn't look like a cyber Cyberman to me mm. in the kind of brief clips we've seen on it. It seems like a kind of a, a really kind of grungy Terminator one. So I guess the Doctor's got to remember not to, to do give it what it wants, whatever mm-hmm. it is. A hand. It needs to. Oh, he's got a jar of pickles that need opening, <laughs> or something. Doctor, you must open the jar of pickles. You must open the pickles. <laughs> Excellent pickles. <laughs> you need it. Need them for cheese sandwiches. Cheese and pickle sandwiches. So yeah. So we want to go back to parallel universes. Um, we're all the way back to the tenant doctor, and uh, yeah. So parallel. We all we know parallel universes exist. Mm-hmm. And as you quite rightly point out, where's the doctor? Mm-hmm. Um, in the Cybus universe. Um, I think the, the fandom have made a lot of. A lot of hay over the years on where the Doctor is in the Inferno alternate mm-hmm. universe. So yeah, this is maybe this is maybe this is Doctor Ruth is a refugee <laughs> from from a um, from a parallel universe. It would be kind of weird from the for the Time Lords of a parallel universe to go and hire the Jejun to find her or something. Well, there's somebody above uh, Commander Gat. Yes, and Commander Gat was kind of working. Working for right. someone? They're all working for someone. Is it going to be Rassilon? That would be uh, horrible if it was. Um, <laughs> we we only have Omega, Barusa, and it's it's it's, it's alternative uh, universe Chancellor Flavia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, it could be the Master or Romana. <laughs> or Romana, that's true. Or the Rani. Oh, or Lala, yeah, Lala Ward as a bitter, bitter time oh, lady. Yeah, I mean, Lala Ward's still around, so yeah. you know. And I guess Gat, I mean, Gat, I mean, you know, given that she's played by a, a British Asian actor. Um, yeah, Ritu Aria, who I thought portrayed her really cold and calculating. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gat could have been the Rani, but then she got zapped. Because yeah. Rani's like a Hindu name. Um, so I guess she couldn't be. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll find out who. Again, I hope it isn't too... I really hope it isn't Rassilon. I that would be I would hate that. I I <laughs> it's I hope so it's so overused already. Yeah, I hope it's the it's, yeah, the mercenaries of Rassilon. Um I hope it's the master. I think I think the master has got some alternate universe plan going on and I don't know what it is. I wonder if it is parallel universe master who destroyed this universe Gallifrey <laughs> destroyed the wrong Gallifrey or Oh yeah. It's it's all a mess. It's like I say, I think this is a. I I, I lean more towards this is a retconning of Chibnall uh, than universe expanding. I guess it's universe expanding through retconning, and right. but even but we, we we shall see. It could we shall see. could certainly be something totally different too. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So, what did you make of Doctor Ruth's cover of being married to her assistant, her companion, and uh, uh, all the lovey-dovey kissing and all that stuff yeah that was yeah i mean it's yeah i mean it's a nice deflection i really i really wasn't expecting that mm. basically mm-hmm. i mean i think mm-hmm. we knew that the doom were coming back right we were then super surprised when captain jack came back and that you know that seemed to me okay well those are the surprises of the episode so again, you know, that was a complete sidestep for me um, with Dr. Ruth. Somewhere in fandom, I read that they were thinking that Sophie Aldred as Ace would be back because they had teased her book at the end of uh, Night of Terror last week at the very end in the closing credits. Oh, did they? Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> that would have been something else, too. But it's yeah. uh, an entirely, uh, we, let's see, we brought, we added or brought back one companion, added a new companion, added a new doctor, killed off a companion. Uh, it was quite an eventful story. Maybe the Dune and Gat are working for Sophie Aldred. Maybe they work for Ace, <laughs> like an evil alternate universe. Yeah, she Ace, did make it like back old. to Gallifrey and is a Time Lord. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you, 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 you were going somewhere. No, you, so you yeah, some good anywhere. good lines, uh, especially uh, mostly given to Ruth. I think, uh, aside from Whitaker's uh, the Jadoon platoon by the lagoon, and then Yaz going, "You mean Canal?" That was that <laughs> was funny. But uh, I liked Doctor Ruth's debut of saying. Hello, I'm the Doctor. I'm traveler in space and time, and that thing buried down there is called the TARDIS. She did that wonderfully. It's not really a a great. 
it's it's more in delivery rather than the line itself. But then once once inside, they teleport into the TARDIS, which to me a bit unusual. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Just I don't think it's ever happened. But uh, quick, I guess it did happen with last week. I get or Orphan Fifty Five. They teleported in. They teleport in and out. I guess it's a new thing. It's not a yeah. You don't have to actually use the doors anymore Mm -hmm. in the TARDIS. You just like teleport in and out. It's fine. Yeah. I'll just throw this out here. What did, uh, yeah. since the chameleon circuit or chameleon cloaking device or whatever they called it in the story was masking, biologically cloaking or masking uh, Ruth as a Time Lord, it wasn't the mm. fob watch type thing. I, I wonder if that's how the chameleon circuit broke. It got overloaded. Oh, yeah, could be. Could be. I'm just, yeah. just throwing that out there. Uh, but yeah. uh, the TARDIS itself, I think, Really like the interior of the TARDIS a little what we saw of it. Uh, Roundels, uh, classic console. Yeah, I mean, bring that. Oh, just, I love just, that. Let's, let's, <laughs> yes, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. We don't want the newfangled TARDIS. Um, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to think. So, hmm. So Ruth's TARDIS's chameleon circuit must be broken. Otherwise, she would turn it. It would have turned into, I don't know, like a lighthouse or something. Right. Why bury so maybe, it? That's so weird, yeah. But why bury it? Especially since that lighthouse has a jacuzzi with a... Um, <laughs> a changing room TARDIS. With a changing room shaped like a TARDIS. So, uh, why bury it? Because uh, it looks like a police box. So you'd bury it because it stood out? Or something? Oh, I, I'm yeah, trying to work I out know. exactly uh, when... Whether she is a pre-Hartnell doctor. Hmm. Mm. Because I mean, she cause she could have arrived on Earth in the sixties <laughs> and changed it changed into a complete police box, and then she buried it for a reason. Why would she bury it? Why would she bury it in the sixties? Well, she said she arrived in Gloucester in uh, was it ninety nine or two thousand one, something around around that time time frame. Did she say that? When when was that? I missed that. That was when they were in the VW driving back to the like or driving to the lighthouse. She said. Uh, but that's false memories. Though. It that's, is false memories, just, but it could that's be that's when she arrived notes. in the time street. You know, it, who knows? It's unreliable narrator who knows what the truth is. I guess. Well, I I hope. I mean, I hope. I hope everyone's up to uh, kind of writing us out of this in a in a way that makes me happy. <laughs> uh, the so pressure is on now. About. Oh, oh, the pressure is on Chib now. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Going going back to uh, yeah. lines, I really liked how Roof described uh, Whitaker Doctor as, uh, so how did I end up like that? All rainbows and trousers that don't reach. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was great. At last, someone's pointed out how Ridiculous. slightly, slightly <laughs> irritating her costume is. Mm-hmm. And exactly, and by contrast, how incredibly awesome Dr. Ruth's costume is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold on that costume. That costume needs to stay in some kind of way, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And uh, belittling the overuse of the sonic, her cute little gizmo, and uh, Doctor Ruth was too smart to have to rely on that. <laughs> Absolutely, she's the she's the not my doctor doctor. <laughs> <laughs> she she uh, really doesn't like the cuteness and the sonicness and the northernness and the rainbowness uh-huh. at all. All we're missing is unicorn ponies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, that was very nice. It was very nicely written. I thought it was interesting, too, that uh, the doctor, Ruth doctor, was concerned about temporal feedback of landing too near the TARDIS. And uh, if my, my memory is probably playing tricks on me, but I could have sworn that the doctor landed the TARDIS inside the Outback Steakhouse of the Masters in, in either part one or part two of Spyfall. I think part one of Spyfall. Yeah, and I think you know. I mean, it's, it's. I think it's been established over many, many years of the show that there can, there can be two Tardises next door to each other, and that's not a problem at all. Or even inside each other, even in, in, even inside each other. Which again, maybe points to this being an alternate universe Doctor who, who and who a Doctor maybe who knows they're from an alternate universe, and actually mm-hmm. it's two two alternative universe Tardises together is the problem. Mm-hmm. Possibly, who knows? Other good bits of writing was after Gat. The gun backfires on her. The Dr. Roof grabs the gun, says it's recalibrated now. Who wants them? And the doctor says, rushes up. The doctor never uses weapons. And Dr. Roof goes, I know. Now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit earlier is uh, when the doctor reveals herself as the doctor 
And Dr. Rufus goes, is there even a word for how dumb you are? And Whitaker's doctor goes, yes, the doctor or the doctor. So <laughs> there are some really good bits of writing, I think, throughout this. Yeah, and I hope, and again, I hope that they're able to keep that going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got two doctors. Both are pretty awesome. We have to see Ruth again. I am. Oh, I yeah, yeah, Ruth exactly. Again. She has to be. I mean, she can't get. Season finale. Season finale. I don't want to kill off. I want her to come back. You know, well, you can't kill off a doctor unless you regenerate him. Exactly. I mean, I want to be doing big finish audios. <laughs> I want the whole thing for her, basically. Um, but especially in this season, I want Jody Joe time. And I want them to have some witty, you know, backwards and forwards repartee because that's mm -hmm. the fun thing about having two doctors. What do you think of Gat serving for the glory of Gallifrey? Do you think that ties in with uh, the dark secret or the bit that? Yeah, the master... I, 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 that also kind of fit in with an idea that you know this is some kind of alternate mm. Gallifrey. You know, it's a what's the evil universe in Star Trek? I can't remember. It's got a name. Mirror universe. Yeah, that's it. This is like a mirror universe Gallifrey where everything's super militaristic and like yeah. the glory of Gallifrey. I, I was getting that kind of impression from Gat basically. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I mean, maybe this was deliberate so we wouldn't notice. But you know, she was she wasn't wearing any of the um, the outfits mm -hmm. that we uh, have come to expect Gallifreyans to wear. Wow, those are just ceremonial robes. Those are overly used in the 80s, I think, or misused. But the armor that we saw in oh. Hellbent, you know, the kind of Rassilonic armor, mm -hmm. I would have, you know, I think if they really wanted to, okay, this is some kind of, this is a Time Lord soldier of some kind, they maybe would have had more of that. So this is another thing that's telling me that maybe this is this is from an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to to be curious about what's happening next. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the scary ceiling birds are all about, mm -hmm. but um, or the uh, they had some weird at the end of the trailer for next week. The the final scene they had some human with all white's eyes and some kind of scales or something on his face. And there's that big faced man as well in the in the in the trailer that they that was on like last week. There's a big faced man. Mm -hmm. Um, with a kind of a blue background. Blue screen. CSO. CSO man. CSO man. Uh, maybe I, it, it, it kind of looked like he was standing on Metabolus 3, actually. Ooh. One of the planets of our own, our, of our own solar system. Hmm. I don't know. This It's this, this it's fun. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's it's nice to be able to kind of look forward to next the next episodes, to have kind of something to look forward to, I guess, mm -hmm. rather than, oh, it's going to be another, you know, romp around the block um, yeah. with a message. yeah. This story is a co-written bit, so with uh, Vinnie Patel, uh, Demons of the Punjab, and Chibnall. So it was Chibnall's fingerprints definitely were on this as a mid-season game-changing story. I think. Yeah, I mean, I hope they didn't say, "Okay, Vinnie, you do the you do the Jadoon bits, um, mm -hmm. and uh, mate, I'll just do the Gloucester stuff." I'll, yeah, I'll do all the important stuff. All right, okay, see yeah. ya. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope they did slightly more because I mean, I mean, De Demons of the Punjab was a pretty good. Uh, it was a good story. It, it was, was one of the highlights story. of Series 11. Yeah, yeah, you know, highlights, if we can use that word for Series 11. <laughs> I hope they just didn't give him the comedy stuff to do and that they had a hand in helping Chibnall mm. craft the story. I think he helped build the story. Uh, although the comedy bits were spot on or, or just the insights that the Mohawk Jadoon is a woman that was great i like that very much with the doctor just going let us just sort this out woman to woman yeah. so i thought that was another uh interesting uh, universe expanding twist uh about it and also i thought it was interesting that the psychic paper uh came across as the doctor as an imperial an imperial regulator which Again, speaks of are these parallel universe Jadoon or oh, yes. it, it's it's something. What empire is this? This is is this if they recognize the authority of Gat as a Time Lord? Could this be the Gallifreyan Empire? And yes. it, it seemed to me that this is a, a window, a Holmesian type window onto something bigger that's going on with their little bits of clues just through throwaway bits of dialogue that may or or may not, as Chimno has proven, mean anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope. Yeah, no, I think, I think you may be onto something with that actually, with the imperial thing. Um, and I, th I think possibly, I'm hoping that Chibnall might have learnt a from the unnecessarily over complexity of the Moffat era, in my opinion, 
uh, and mm-hmm. his own kind of misfires working on Torchwood in terms of series arcs. And I think if you triangulate Moffat and Torchwood and they're both those problems with series arcs for both of those shows or both of those, you know, groups of storytelling, um, maybe Chibnall is actually, maybe it's going to be successful. I mean, I was thinking about the kind of series arcs for um, RTD, which again were okay, but didn't really ever work hugely well. Um, and it's right. certainly his finales were kind of like, whoa, we're dragging, TARDIS is dragging all planets back to the solar <laughs> system again, which is like, that's dumb. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic here. I'm hoping, hoping that Chibnall can really pull some, some satisfaction out of a hat. Well, we're halfway through series 12 here and we're not bored. That's that is a big improvement over series 11. Not bored at all. No, so I'm actively excited about next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, although I think uh next week is going to be the we're not going to talk anything about the big reveal or story. We're just going to tell a adventure type story. Really? I I I I think this is going to be more about this week cuz I think there's been so little talked about what's going to happen with Praxeus or whatever it's called. Um, Mm. I think it's because they didn't want to kind of give anything away. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I'm expecting a new Praxeus trailer this week that will have a lot of the stuff from this week in it. Well, there might be uh, something to what you say because it is a co-written story again with Pete McTighe and uh, Chris Chibnall. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? And yes, yeah, so we've got yeah, just uh, we we got five more episodes to go. Yeah, and another yeah, thing that might five. give that credence mm-hmm. too is that uh, Jamie Magnus Stone, who did the debut story of Spyfall with the big master reveal, and he's also directing the season finale two-parter. Really, uh, is directing this one, so it could it could indeed have something uh, arc involving some arc involving a bad wolf of some kind <laughs> could uh, uh, return. Yeah. Very good. I was kind of hoping we'd see more of Commander Gat, but... Uh, yeah, maybe... that's a shame. I thought that she they were kind of shaping up to be an interesting character, but yeah. maybe they're not really dead. <laughs> yeah, I would... <laughs> uh, who knows? She said that her and Lee had the same training, so that was a bit of a eyebrow raising thing, or maybe she was thinking that Lee was indeed the doctor at that point. Maybe that was, I think that was it. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? It's, it's, I'd said, I mean, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about, which is good. Makes a change. Yep. Makes a change (laughs) really from, you know, previous, uh, you know, where there's been, there's been less, less to discuss, I think really in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we leave it there then? I think so. Um, what else do I have to say? No, I think that's all really. I would say it was really nice to see Gloucester on the Jadoon, the Jadoon stomping through Gloucester. I wish I'd, I wish I had been more kind of savvy about um, when it was being filmed because um, then I would have... Um, you could have been an extra. You we, could have been scanned by the Jadoon. I could have been scanned because we were over there in the summer. I mean, we were, spent a couple of days in Gloucester when we were over there last year, but I guess that was af- either after or before when the filming was happening. But there you go. Do you think the cake that was delivered was delivered by BBC execs to Chibnall with a you can do better cake and he you, wrote it yeah. into the script? There you go. Yeah, you can do better. Say it with cake. It's the, the <laughs> worst cake ever. Worst cake ever. Passive aggressive as only BBC execs can be. Well, excellent. Um, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 142 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been talking about Dr. Ruth with Ben. And I've been talking about Dr. Ruth with uh, David. Uh, Until next time. Good sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very good sex to all our readers. All right. Goodbye. So breaking news. Oh, breaking news. <laughs> um, so I had a thought. Um, keen-eyed followers of the uh, Doctor Who magazine uh, comic strip will have noticed in this issue, issue 547, we have a mysterious 
Afro-Caribbean character who appears to know how to work a TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Now, she, uh, she's, she, her name is Mother G, mm-hmm. which sounds like an alias to me. And she is the cook for Baraka Dogbolter, um, who is an Orion alien, uh, sort of a, uh, what, uh, sort of like a Rupert Murdoch style figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the daughter of um, Jiraiya Dogbolter, who goes all the way back to like the very first issues of Doctor Who magazine, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she's kind of a weird minor character. Right. Uh, so she's in this current story called Mistress of Chaos, uh, which is uh, drawn by John, Ro- uh, John, John Ross and uh, written by Scott Gray. However, what is interesting about this character, uh, Mother G, is this is not the first time that she's appeared in the comic strip. Even keener-eyed readers of the Doctor Who magazine comic strip will know um, that she also appeared in a story called Herald of Madness, which is set in the 16th century and features the TARDIS fam in an adventure with Tuco Brahe, the uh, astronomer. Huh. Now that, uh, so this character, again, is kind of a walk-on, walk-off. She's like a servant woman who gives Yaz directions up a staircase. Right. Um, I kind of noticed her to begin with, um, and that was issue uh, 536, for those who are following along. Uh, and I kind of noticed her because, um, like, all, I mean, comic strips are great because the the storytelling is really economical, but they gave this character two panels. Now, you're not going to give like a servant woman two panels, especially a servant woman who's giving your main characters, you know, just giving them directions of where to go up a right. staircase. So this is a this is an individual who is uh, and she's recognized by Yaz. So Yaz mm-hmm. recognizes her in the 50th century or wherever we are in, in Mistress of Chaos. Mm-hmm. So this is a character who is following the fam around is both able to be in 15th century Bohemia and in 50th century Spaceland. Mm-hmm. So, who is this person? Mother G, my immediate thought once you uh, floated this by me was Mother Gallifrey. It's the G for oh, Gallifrey somehow. Oh, could be. So when Mother G, when Yaz is trying to remember where she's seen her before mother g goes i just have that sort of face which is exactly what dr roof asked uh whitaker doctor in the car when saying why am i even telling you all this and uh the doctor said i just have those that, that kind, kind of, of face, face. Exactly. so it sort of ties together it would be a really long game here on the part of doctor who magazine and chibnall to seed Dr. Ruth in the comic strips uh, last year. Well, this would have been, so issue 536 was April 2019. Um, so that was the April mm-hmm. issue. So it would have come out uh, you know, at the very end of, uh, sorry, the very beginning of April. Right. And they were filming in Gloucester. I looked this up. They were filming in Gloucester at the end of <laughs> May. Um, at the end of uh... May in Gloucester. So, uh, you know, it is, it's, I think... I mean, yeah. scripts would have been written by then. Would I guess they would have mm-hmm. been cast by then? I mean, I don't know how yeah. close, like someone like Scott Gray, the writer of the comic strips, who's been writing the Doctor Who comic strip for you know donkey's years, basically. So he's he's pretty. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing. How close he is to the production team, but I think this is kind. Of, if this this isn't an actual kind of trailer in DWM, it's a really weird coincidence. To my mind, the character does have a, a more than a passing resemblance to Joe Martin, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's obviously she's an older woman. She's obviously Afro Caribbean, both in her skin coloration and also in her speech patterns as well. Um, right. She has not literal dreadlock hair, but that kind of thickened, thickened hair. Wavy. Um, her clothes are quite colorful. Um, she's in the background in Super Mysterious, but in this current issue, um, what is it? Um, she knows yeah. how to work a TARDIS. And not only does she know how to work mm-hmm. a TARDIS, but she's like, you know, you remember me. I can work you. I, can't, I haven't got the, haven't got the strip right in front of me. Mm-hmm. But she, 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 has, she is intimate with a TARDIS. She's not just yeah. like, I'm, I'm a space woman who knows how to work a space thing. Right. Um, but she's like a, someone who River knows. River song worked... level familiarity, doctor level yeah. familiarity with the TARDIS console. Definite River song. So, I mean, I guess you said it there. I mean, you know, this could easily be, you know, another, another a regeneration of River song for the comic strip. Possibly. possibly. But then again, Dr. Ruth could be a regeneration of River song. So mm. who knows? Yeah, that um, she sure sure wasn't acting like that in. Uh, no, that's in, true. In, in the episode. Yeah. So who knows? 
And in other news, Chibnall has said in the Daily Mirror that Dr. Ruth is uh, is, a, is a real is an actual doctor. There's no parallel universes going on here. Interesting. Okay. So I'm wrong and you're right, according to Chibnall. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. So yeah, there the you showrunner go. Showrunner always lies. Showrunner does always mm-hmm. lie. That's true. That's true. But I, it would be awesome if um if this if you know they literally they've been showing us this new doctor in the comic strip for like a year or so and we hiding like, in plain sight hiding in plain sight mm-hmm. exactly. yeah but we will see yeah we will see ryan asks if flat out if she's a time traveler too and she goes not really but that don't matter right now so what does that mean if she is she plausible deniability that she's not a time traveler or? well if she's if she's i said if she's in 15th century bohemia and in 50th century you know space planet mm-hmm. pl- land She's a time traveler that she must be unless I don't know. She's she's one of these kind of splinters, kind of Jagroth style. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. she exists, exists throughout time. sort of, sort of people yeah. who knows, but we'll find out. So that, I think I think uh, that's a that's a fun little piece of trivia. Um, I've tweeted Scott Gray on I've added him on Twitter. <laughs> we'll see um, if he bites. Poor man is asleep because he lives in London. But um, let's see whether he bites uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Uh, this was a, a bit of an addendum. <laughs> so we'll tack this on to 142 and uh, further updates on the Metabulous 2 Twitter feed, I guess. Yeah, it'll be um, season one, it'll be episode 142B. <laughs> yeah. That works. That works good. Okay, bye. <laughs>